Well, it's my pleasure to welcome my friend, Rabbi William Holbrook, back with us. Um, it's always good to have him come and share what uh, God wants to say through him. So we're just glad to have William here this morning. Hallelujah. William. Now, see, he, he did something that I'm going to ask you to do one more time is stand back up. <laughs> Any ex-Catholics, we're worse than the Catholic Church with the up and down. The Messianic Jews are always up and down. Um, if you have your Bibles, how many of you have your Bibles? You have your Bibles? Would you hold them up? We're going to make a positive confession this morning. So I want you to say this with me. How many know life and death are in the power of the tongue? I'm not trying to be rude, but I have to have something to drink this morning. So I'm fighting this little thing going on. Yeah, um, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So I'm going to carry this coffee with me. And uh, Let's just say this together. Say, this is my Father's word. And I have what it says I have. And I have today ears to hear, eyes to see, the things of His Spirit. I'm not going to leave the same today. I want you to find two people and tell them, you're not leaving the same today. Would you do that? Go ahead and tell them, you're not leaving the same today. You are not leaving the same Hallelujah. Okay, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. And I, I, I have to love phones. You know, they have the Bibles on them. So I like that. If you would, I want you to turn with me to Colossians. I want you to see something this morning. As I'm turning there, there's an old story of a man who went to heaven, and he met St. Patty at the gates. And St. Patty takes him in, and he looks around, and he sees all kinds of things in heaven. I was talking to the sister about heaven, but... He looks around and he sees all these clocks in heaven. And he asked St. Patty, he said, what is with the clocks in heaven? And he says, that's people's time. He says, everybody has a clock. And he says, and every time somebody sins, and he said, if they're a believer, he said, the grace of the Almighty, he said, that clock will move. He said, really? He said, where's, where's my clock? He said, I don't see it. He said, oh, we keep that in the office as an office fan. Okay, we're going to go to Colossians. I want us to look at Colossians 3 this morning. Um, let's go to 17. Colossians 3, starting at verse 17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. It goes on to talk about submission and, and loving each other in families. And then it goes on to say, verse 22, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart fearing God. Now here's where I want to focus on. It says, Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. I'll say that again. Whatsoever, I'm going to fix this, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that the Lord, that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of your inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Now, before we leave there, look at, go up to uh, verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms 
and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with the grace in your hearts to the Lord. When was the last time that you thought of your life as a song? You realize that how many love the book of Psalms? One of, the, one of my favorite books in the Bible. Psalms are songs to be sung. They are worship songs that Jewish people would sing. If you, anybody have never heard me preach or teach before, just wave at me. Any new folks? A couple. We have a congregation down in Mansfield where Jewish and Gentile believers in Jesus the Messiah. We refer to Jesus as Yeshua. That is his Hebrew name. It means Yahweh is salvation. So if you hear me say Yeshua, it's not a strange God that we're talking about. That is Jesus the Messiah. So, you know, Jewish people understand that everything is connected to music. And Father, I ask you to help me today. And Abba, just may the authority of Messiah be in the house as we feel your presence, touch your people, open ears and eyes, and draw us close and make us more like you. It's in Jesus' name. Hashem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen. Music is connected. We are actually music. If you think about this, if you've ever studied the body, the DNA, every, every part of your DNA, all of the cells within your body, there is sound coming from you. Literally, you, you are a song. And the Father, the Scripture says in 139 that the Father has woven us together and He creates within even our bodies a song. Now, you may not hear that song, but the song is being sung. Music has everything to do with worship and worshiping the Almighty. As I was sharing with my sister about heaven, I used to know a guy by the name of Gary Wood. He was a friend of mine. Anybody familiar with Gary Wood? He's been on Sid Roth. He's been on TV. He traveled the world. He wrote a book. He died, went to heaven, and had an experience. One of the things that Gary shared with me was he said, Rabbi. He did, Gary had a real strong southern. He was from Texas. And he said, Rabbi. He said, in heaven, he said, there's music. And he said, everything had song. And I said, what do you mean, Gary? He said, even the flowers and even the grass, there was song and music coming from it. He said, the songs, he said, music and songs would just come together. And he said, heaven was full of songs. It was like all these songs had just come together as one song. And he said that even the songs that we sing today, Mary, as you and the worship team led today, he said, the songs that people come up with, he said, they're dropped down from heaven. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, songs. Let's say songs. I want to talk this morning real quick about a man by the name of Johann Sebastian Bach. Anybody familiar with Bach? Johann Sebastian Bach. Interesting that this gentleman composed a very interesting life. He composed... uh, his body of works include 256 cantatas that today are still around. Four centuries later, his music is still famous. Uh, he is one of the most popular music still used today at weddings when the bride makes her entrance. I want to just give you just a couple things here. I want your ears to hear. And I think we can do this. I want you to hear just a, just a few pieces of Bach. And tell me if you recognize any of this. And we're going to try this and see if it'll work. Sounds pretty good. Okay, let's try another one. Hang on. All nice music. Some of this is played at weddings today. Okay, I'm giving you another. Hang on. Here's one you may recognize. 
Anybody recognize that? Aren't you glad they don't play that at weddings? Okay, so that's Bach. And there is one, maybe I can find it. Jesu Joy of Desire. Have you ever heard that one? It's a very nice, very, and, and listen, I have been at weddings, and I can't tell you how many weddings I've done. But when the, when the bride, it's one of the most popular songs in America and really in the world. When the, we all know here comes the bride. But this is, this is the top. It's very nice. It's very flowing. And it, dun, dun, dun. And then the doors open and everybody stands and she just comes gracefully marching. I've seen it many times as she comes. Something interesting about Bach. I want you to think about this, that before he did anything, Bach was a young boy. His parents died at 10. His brother took him into the church and he taught him music. And so Bach at the age of 10 began to write music. He had a gift and a calling. By the time Bach, Johann Sebastian Bach was 15 years old, he was writing cantatas, one a week for the church. Now, I didn't say songs. I said cantatas. I don't know about you, but that's pretty amazing at 15 years old. His work is still around today, and people know his work. Now, what makes Bach set apart from everybody else is before, if I had it on the overheads, I would show you, Bach would do something very interesting before he would write anything. He would take a quill in his hand, and he would, before he wrote any musical letter on the page, he would write J dot J dot. And we all ask, what in the world did Bach mean by that? It, is, it stood for Jesu Java. Now, that is not a famous coffee. Jesu Java means Jesus help me. Before Bach ever wrote any musical piece, he always dedicated the paper and the song that would come after Jesu Java. J J. Interesting that the Jewish people do very something very similar. They will sign their letters in the corner B H, which means God help me. Ba'azret Hashem. Everybody say, God help me. Turn your name and say, oh, God help me. <laughs> but see, what are, what are they saying? Johann Sebastian Bach was saying this, guys. He's making a statement. Father, Jesus, help me to produce something for your glory. That when we stand as a congregation of people and we sing it, may it be for your glory. And, and 400 years later, we still know his music. How many weddings have we witnessed, Pastor Ron, where the woman, and think about over the centuries of those weddings, all for the glory, because he wrote on paper and he was, he dedicated it to Jesus and said, Jesus, help me to do this for your glory. Help me to do it for your glory. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you say that about your life? Do you realize that your life is a song? I want to share something with you real quick this morning. Pastor's already put me on a time limit. He said I only have three hours, so we're going to be real quick. The the people in the pack got real nervous all of a sudden. (laughs) Not three hours. But I want to encourage you with this this morning because I said, what do I bring to these people? I always like to bring a fresh word. And he said, you share this. I felt that I was to share this. Our lives are a musical score. He's writing the score of our lives. Your spirit, everything that's happening within your life, there's a purpose and there's a plan for it. And when it's all said and done, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be beautiful. When you stand before the throne at the end of your life, 
How many want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? But have you ever been through your trials where you're feeling like you are well done? You know, the fire and the trials. But listen, well done, that starts at the very beginning when we say, Jesus, help us. J, J, Jesu, Java. Jesus, help us. When you stood and you came at, when I was nine years old, a babysitter took me to a little church very similar to this, it was, but it was a Baptist church. I didn't, I, they called, we were in the audience, you know, we were sitting there, and it was, I think, a Wednesday night. A Baptist preacher brought the word forth, and he gave the invitation to the altar call. And I looked at my sister, and I said, I'll go if you go. And she said, I'll go if you go. And looked at our friend, he said, well, I'll go if you guys go. So we all went down to the aisle and gave our lives to the Lord. Nine years old, nine, eight, and I forget how old the other kid was. It was interesting because when we do that, we are making a statement, Jesus, help us. And from that moment on, please let me see your eyes. From that moment on, when we say, Jesus, help us, I need you. I'm a sinner. I need you. I need you in my life. Guess what? Now he says, now I can start the song. Now I can start the song. And so he begins to write the music one stroke at a time. He writes the music of our lives every minute, every hour, every day of the week, every week, every month, every year. And it's a composition of music. And you are dancing through the song of life. And we start that with that wedding march. Dun, dun. And we say, oh, this is wonderful. And the angels are going, yay. You know, all the angels are rejoicing because one soul came to know him. Here we are, the wedding march. But then the music sometimes changes, doesn't it? We say, uh-oh. And then we hear the music. Da-da-da. When you hear that music that sounds real scary, and I want to tell you, some of you are hearing that in your life today. Your musical score is going, and it kind of shifts from the real nice to the kind of terrifying organ music. Can I share this with you? He's still writing. It may not be the writing sound that you want to hear because we always want to hear the nice music, Pastor. We want to say, oh, Pastor Ron, can it always be nice with the sweet and the flowers and the, everybody's dressed nice and smells nice? Guys, that's not life. Sometimes it's that music, but you have to understand, even when it sounds like the music that's scary, he's not done yet. And when it's all said and done, it's, your, your life is going to be a beautiful song. It's a song now. Turn to your neighbor and say, your life is a song. 1 Corinthians, look at 1 Corinthians. Pastor Ron, I'm going to ask you to read 1 Corinthians 10, 31. I want to remind you something. The Jewish people begin these letters with, with God's help. They're, they're making a statement. They're saying this. They're saying Everything that follows what I write is going to be from his, for His glory and with His help. For His glory and with His help. Now, would you read 1 Corinthians? I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians 10, look at verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, do whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything you do in life... Do for his glory and let him produce that song through you because I want to share this with you. We have a choice as those instruments. See, I, I picked up my phone and I let you hear that music. If I told you the music and I showed it to you on paper, you would see it and you'd say, well, that's nice, Rabbi, but it's not making any sound. We're not enjoying the music. 
But just as you have to have an instrument and you have to have a person that plays this thing, it's the same with us. He's writing the score of our lives. We have to walk it out. Let Him play that through you. But you can say, well, Rabbi, I don't want to do it. I just want to sit home. I want to be safe. I don't want to get involved with church. I don't want to get involved with people or community. You're not allowing the music to be sung through you. Are you all with me on this? How many are with me this morning? But everything that you do, do for His glory. Start your day off by saying, Jesus, help me. Help me today. Don't just say it one time. Understand that when you say that, now you are surrendering. And this is not just a one. Listen, I believe in um, making a confession and saying, please help me, Jesus. I give my heart to you. Come into my life. But listen, every day you have to rededicate yourself. You have to rededicate. I'm not saying you have to be born again all the time. But I'm saying you have to stay focused and understand this. Does that make sense to anybody? Because the trials and the tribulations come and the hard times come and that music changes sometimes. You have to say, Jesus, help me. Help me. I forgot to tell you that at the end of the psalm, there was also three letters. And it stood for, it stood for all for the glory of God. All for the glory of God. Bach would sign everything. Jesus, help me. And when he was finished, he would say, all for the glory of God. Are you doing everything for the glory of God today? Even the little things? When was the last time that you were just kind to somebody? It's hard sometimes when we go through those trials and those troubles, even to be kind sometimes, because we're tired and we kind of slept through life. But he says, know that it's all, there's a purpose in it, and it's all for his glory. All for his glory. In the end, it's going to be a beautiful song, guys. It'll be a beautiful song. One, one thing I also want to share with you is when people do that, they're saying, remember the context. Remember the context. Remember that, in other words, when, when a Jewish person goes back to that letter of, of Jewish people and they put that BH in the corner, with God's help, they're saying, remember everything in this letter that's going to follow is important with God's help. And I want to encourage you today to remember what he's doing in your life Put it into context to know that God is still at work in your life. How many know that when you asked him in, he, signed, he stamped his name in your heart? How many of you know that you know that you are saved? We'll pray for the folks in the back. Okay. We, if you are here today, and I guarantee most of you probably are saved. We, we've gathered in the name of Jesus. We are saved. He stamped our hearts. And we've said with God's help, with Jesus' help, we're going to do this. But listen, understand everything that follows, he's got a plan, contextualize it. Nothing is random in your life today. The trials and the troubles and the tribulations, they're not random. There's a purpose for that. I'm not saying that he brings it, but he allows it for a purpose. I have a friend of mine, he's, actually he's my uncle, he's a pastor down in Florida. And he's been going through some really hard times health-wise. Uh, I could share stories upon stories. And he, as we were talking on the phone, he said, I don't understand. He said with tears in, in, you could hear it in his voice. He said, I don't understand. He said, I serve him. I serve him. I give my all for him. I love him. Why am I going through this? What could I tell him? I said, you know, I could tell him what I thought. But I wanted to tell him, Pastor, your, your song isn't done yet, brother. Don't give up. Your song isn't done yet. He's not done with you. Contextualize it. He's going to use it for His glory. That when, when He is done with this situation, 
you're going to be able to help somebody else because of what you went through. I can tell you today as I stand here, we've been through some tough times. Some of you know our story. We've been through tough times. It's not always been easy. But when we go through those tough times, we contextualize it and say, well, we pray, we seek his face, we know that he's got a purpose and a plan in it. And then when it's all said and done, we say, now we can reach out to other people and say, we know how you feel. Been there, done that. Let me tell you, he's got a plan for you, and he's going to work it out for his glory and your good. When it's all said and done, it'll be for his glory and for your good. Now, I want you to find your neighbor and tell him it's for his glory and your good. Go ahead and tell him that. How much more time do I have, Pastor? I got a lot of time. All right. So in other words, stop and consider everything, even the words in the letter, when you put the BH up there, it comes from God. Pay attention to what's important in the letter. Pay attention to the musical score. Say this with me. I'm going to pay attention. So pay attention to those things that come in your life. Pay attention to what's important. Act upon it. Listen, guys, don't let life just kind of float by and float by and you say, well, we're just going to kind of float through life. Make every day count. If I could tell everybody in this room one thing, it would be this. You will never have another day like today. When this day is gone, guys, it's gone. And can I share some folks up? I'll shake you up. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Now, we're guaranteed eternal life in Messiah, but I mean, on this side, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I hope we're all here. You have to make each day count. Look for places to make the day count for the kingdom. Find people you can bless. It's not always, yes, we do tell people that Jesus loves them, but let me share this with you. Even just reaching out in kindness makes a difference. When was the last time you looked at somebody and just smiled at them? You bought them a coffee at McDonald's. You just little things. It's the little things. Don't just float through life and lose your opportunities to love somebody. A friend of mine who was a pastor many, many years ago, he, he lived in Florida. He walked out, and he said, we were standing outside, and he said, we're looking out. And he said, I noticed this, this beautiful river is floating. He said, I'm watching as I'm looking in my yard, and I'm looking through. I'm watching the river go down. And he said, I'm watching. He said, there was a turtle. And that turtle, he said, it was so graceful. It was just floating along. He said, that turtle was floating down the little stream of the river. And he said, I thought it was so beautiful until he said, I realized the turtle was dead. See, if something's dead, it's just kind of floating along. How many of you are alive in the Messiah? So he calls us to take these opportunities and, let, and grab them and let him play his song through us. When it's all said and done, it's all going to be for his glory. You have a song. Your song is unique. There's nobody else like your song. Everybody has a different song. I love that concept. It's true. The rabbis say this, that when the Messiah comes, he'll restore the song. He'll restore the song of the universe. Now, I know that sounds a little weird and new agey, but everything has a sound. I believe this. If you study the, book, study the book of Genesis, when he made things, he created it, and he spoke it into existence. But some of the rabbis teach this, that he actually sang it. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, Right? That's Jesus. Let me share this with you. Isn't it interesting? We always think that when God created the world, he said, let there be light. And there was light. And all, you know, he's speaking it. But what if, can I challenge you? What if he's saying it? 
What if he sang it? What if all creation had a sound? And I believe it did. And at the fall of Adam and Eve, it got out of tune. And the Messiah comes and now he says, now I'm going to bring it back into tune again. And when a person says, Jesus, help me, the song, he says, now I can begin a new song in you. How many are ready for their new song? So as believers, we have a new song. But as I was sitting here and I was preparing, the Spirit spoke to my heart, and, he, and I believe this is what He says, and He's saying to this body, there, are, there is something that we can allow within our lives to disrupt the song. How many want to have a good song? You, you know, I want to point this out to you because I shared this with our body not long ago. Jesus is coming back. We know this. And they said, tell us of the sign of your coming. And he says, there will be wars and there will be rumors of wars and there will be earthquakes in strange places. And he's, he goes on to describe strange things. The seas will roar. He says, the love of many will grow cold. But it's interesting that if you read, if you read in Scripture, we all know these signs. But there's one thing that he says, and hear me when I say this. There's one thing he says that we overlook. He says, and many, he says, many will be offended. The word, the new covenant tells us, the New Testament says many will be offended. Now, when was the last time you ever thought about somebody being offended as a sign that Jesus was coming back? What he's talking about is on a large scale, people will get offended with each other. What are we seeing in these days? People getting offended. And when we get offended, what happens? It cuts off that song. It steals our joy. We get offended. Even Listen, I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to Christians. And we get offended with each other and we get offended with the people out there. And we get upset and we say, well, I have rights. And we get all upset. Guess what that does? That steals our joy. It steals our peace. And it can cut off our song and it can put our song in limbo. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be offended. I hope you're not offended with me. Don't be offended. Listen, even I'll share this with you. Even pastors and rabbis get offended at things, but we have to watch. It's hard. I told my wife the other day, and maybe I'm just being a little too personal, but I told her this. I said, you know, it's not easy being a pastor or a rabbi, and she knows that. Pastor Ron, you know. I said, it's not always easy because you, ha- you have to love people. As Christians, as believers, we have to love each other. That means we have to invest in each other. Your song may be different than mine, but we have to sing along together. How good and pleasant it is when the brothers dwell together in unity. They're singing together, same song. I was driving a few few months ago. Well, it's actually been a couple years now. I'll never forget this. I was on my way to congregation. It was a Saturday morning. We worship on Saturdays. I'm driving along. It's early in the morning. And you know how you get when you're you're going to congregation, you're going to church, and you're in a happy mood, and it's peaceful, and everything's nice and flowing. And I'm driving along, and I go through this little town, and there's a little hardware store there. And um, there's a little old grandpa, and he's standing there by his car by the road. And so as I come upon him, I'm just driving, and as I come upon him, he looks over at me, he stands there, and he shoots me the bird. One finger salute. He was not saying we're number one. He sticks his middle finger up, and, and I'm at the light, and I'm looking at him, and, and he's like this, you know, I'm not going to do it for you, but he's like this, looking at me, just with a mean look. 
I never saw this guy. I don't know who he was. I have no idea who this guy was. I'm on my way to worship. (laughs) And this guy's shooting me the bird. Now, everything within me got angry. Why? I don't know. Flesh? But I got angry. I got upset. I said, well, who is this guy? And what does he think he is? And why is he shooting me the bird? I didn't cut him off in traffic. I don't even know the guy. And I got up to the light. And so help me for just a fraction of a second, I thought, I'm just going to go back there and I'm going to give that guy a piece of my mind and tell him what I think of him and his bird. (laughs) And I heard the Holy Spirit in me say, don't you do that. Don't you do it. But, 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 don't you do it. For just a moment, I got offended. And then I had to realize, no, that's the flesh and that's going to get real ugly if I go back there. (laughs) You have to be careful not to be offended. And yet we get offended. We get offended with each other. We get offended. Our wives get offended at us. We get offended with our wives, husbands. The children get offended at us. We get offended at our kids. We may get offended at, at leadership in the church. Might get offended with a teacher or with somebody. How many have ever been offended? Just be honest. Hold your hand up. I want to see if I'm in the right house. Okay, I want everybody to look around. That's probably all of us. We've all been offended. Well, the lady didn't give me the right change at the store the other day. I went to Sam's Club, and I, I looked at two. There were two exact cases of water, exact same cases. One was $4, and one was $5.30-something cents. And, and I thought, well, what's the difference? And my son and I were laughing because I said, they're the same doggone thing. It's the same thing. And when I, when I went up there and I got out of the store, I looked, and she had rung them up at the higher price. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my gosh. Little thing, but if you, if you let even the little things that will offend you, you've got to watch even the little things because that can stop your joy and stop your peace. And it's just the little things, one little thing at a time. Before you know it, you're walking around an offended person. Here's where I really want to touch base on. Jesus, help me. The song starts. Don't let the offenses come to steal your music of your joy. And let me share this. We can get offended with God. I'll say that again. We have to be careful not to get offended with God because the music doesn't always sound nice. The joy of the Jesu joy, the the bridal song doesn't always sound sweet because sometimes it'll turn to a fugue minor. And then we say, how dare you change the music on me? I love you. I serve you. How dare you change the song? Can I say this? He's the master of our song. We're not. When we say, this is my life, I'm going to pick up the pen and I'm going to write my own song, we've lost it. You know, I I couldn't help but think about this, that when the world stands before the throne of Jesus, they're going to stand as one who they've tried to write their own song and they don't even know how to write music. And their songs are going to sound confused and terrible. When we as believers stand before Jesus, we've allowed Him to write the music and it's going to sound wonderful. Amen? But you have to be careful not to be offended with God. Even when your song sounds like it's sad and it changes and you say this doesn't make any sense. It may not. And I'm not trying to trivialize, but I know there are people today who... I know there's somebody here today who struggles with being offended. I'm not sure it's with who. But we have to be careful not not to be people who offend and not to allow the offenses to come. 
We have to watch that, guys. We have to be careful. Don't get offended at God. He's got a plan and He's got a purpose. Everything that we go through, He's got a plan and a purpose. Say this with me. He has a plan and He has a purpose. We have to realize that even when the music tends to change. Sell out to Him. Don't get offended. Elijah and Elisha. Elisha was one who was, he sold everything out to follow Elijah. And sometimes it didn't always look the way that he wanted it to look, but he ended up with a double portion. Nehemiah was also one who said, God help us. And Nehemiah left Babylon to go. He, he left where he was living to go and rebuild the, the, um, the walls of Jerusalem. Walls seem to be in the news lately. Build the wall. Nehemiah was one who believed in walls. He built the wall. He, he got his guys together and they were in one mind and in one purpose and they were willing. And they all said, God help us for your glory. And they built the walls because there was a, there was a sense of establishing who his people were with that. Let him work through you. Don't be offended. Nehemiah had to go through some troubles and tribulations and trials and it took, it took a long time. But he continued to let God work in him and through him. Don't be discouraged when those things come. We've seen things come too, guys. My wife recently last, uh, what was it, I was on vacation. And she stayed home. She, had to take, she wanted to stay home. She had animals to take care of. She said, I'm not going with you guys. So it's kind of a break for her to me take the kids and let's go. So I went. We all went to Hilton Head and vacationed. And just before we were sitting in a restaurant with family, and I got a phone call. And I... I'm sitting there. I'll never forget this. I'm, I'm, we're sitting at this Italian restaurant, and I pick up the phone. It was from her, and she was screaming. And I said, I said, what happened? She had went into the barn with one of the, taken one of the animals in and had slipped, and her leg popped, and she broke her leg, at this, this lower part here, in two places, and they found out later that she also broke her ankle. And the leg didn't break, the, the bone didn't break the skin, but she busted her leg as she fell. It was wet and rainy. And she's screaming, and she, she didn't even have a phone. She laid out there, um, I forget how long it was, and then she had to pull herself across through the field, through the driveway, laid in the yard in the rain until my son saw her, and they had to call the ambulance. And then that's when she got the phone. So we drove 12 hours. We left and drove 12 hours. And we went through a lot with that. It was not easy to, you know, we have five kids at home. We've got animals. Um, it was a congregation that we were just moving into, and the music changed. It went from everything happy to ba-da-da. And I could have very well got offended and said, man, come on. Come on, God. What are you doing? You know, this is not fun. I didn't sign up for this. But every step of the way, we saw him meet needs. We saw His grace. And every day, we, Father, give us grace to get through this. Give us grace. It was not always easy, but today she's healed up. Doctors said you, you, she healed up quicker than they ever expected. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard doctors say, well, we've never seen that before. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Don't get offended with God when the music changes and things look strange. Your song is not done yet. Don't get offended. Maybe somebody left you in a relationship. Your song's not done yet. Somebody died. Your song's not done yet. You lost a job. Your song's not done yet. Jesus, help me. In, in the end, it's going to be like Bach. All for the glory of God. 
All for the glory. If you try to take the pen out of God's hands, you'll mess up the song every time. Amen? Am I close? You, probably, because I don't know. <laughs> I just want to encourage you this morning because I really felt that there were some folks here who, I'm going to ask you to stand. Can, can we, um, do you guys have a piano or music? Somebody can play something? I'm, I, if this is okay, Pastor Ron, um, just just real quick, I know we're gonna I'm I'm gonna let Pastor Ron because he said he wanted to do something, but I'm gonna ask you this morning, and I'm not gonna ask you to do it right now, but just in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to do this. I'm gonna ask you if you if you if this spoke to your heart today, you may be in a place where you're saying Jesus help me. You're coming back to that place, and that's good. But if you want to say today, all for His glory. Maybe you've struggled with offense. Maybe somebody's offended you. Or maybe, maybe that's... Because I know there's somebody here who's struggling with offenses. He sent me all the way here today to speak to you. I know whoever you are. I would say today, come. After Pastor Ron addresses you, I'm going to ask you to come. You don't have to tell me anything. But if you just want to make a statement of faith today and just say, Father, I'm just coming. Maybe I've been offended, but I'm just giving it back to you today. Finish my song. Maybe that's you today. I think that's why he sent me. I think that's why I'm here today. Just stand with you. So if that's you, we're going to do that in just a minute. But Pastor Ron, would you come? You said you wanted to share. I just want the ushers to come up now. We're going to take up a love offering. And uh, when we start to do that way, we'll let you come up to and Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask you to just bless this offering now, Lord. Just uh, bless William for coming and sharing with us, Lord. Just uh, bless him and his family. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to come up, uh, William, why don't you come back up and... Uh, Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take up the offering. We're ambidextrous. We can do. We can multitask. Take up an offering. You can come up and uh, let him minister to you. Let him share, and and uh, after that, why you'll be dismissed. Can, can there we go? I I want to share something with you. Just a quick story. I got a um, I got this past week in the mail. I had ordered. I had made a bid on something, and I bought online, but. I found an old Bible, and the Bible, I'm into collecting old things lately. I have a Torah scroll that's from the 1600s, and uh, Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, I've got parchments, and we've got some Torah scrolls, but I also bought a Bible, and this Bible is from 1648. It's King James Bible with Geneva notes, and as I held that in my hands, and I thought, how many... I know I know a little bit of the history. It came from London, and, and it's describing everything, you know, these people that have owned this. But I'm holding in my Bible, I'm holding in my hands a Bible that's from the 1600s. And I'm thinking, this is the song that's being sung through generation upon generation. What are you doing with your song? You have the Bible in your heart. You have the Word of God in your heart. You take that today, and you, you take it with you today. Keep that in your heart. Keep the Word of God in your heart. And sing His song. 
Do something kind for somebody. Let, let Him live it through you. But every day start your day with, Jesus help me. Jesus help me. Uh, before we do anything else, just everybody raise your hands. I want you to raise your hands. I want you to say this. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your music in my life. Your Son, Jesus my Messiah, who died for me, rose again, and singing your song through me. Now, Father, I'm coming back to you, asking you for a refreshing, a fresh anointing of your Spirit to sing that song and to be a display for your glory. Use me. Tell him again, use me. Jesus, help me. Father, we thank you for all things. Now, every person in the building, Father, use them for your glory. Encourage their hearts. Remind them, Father. I just come against that depression. Somebody is wrestling with that. And we just tell that to go now in the name of Yeshua, in Jesus' name. Now, Father, your joy is our strength. As we stand here, just continue to minister to your people and fill your people afresh. And let them leave with some hope today, Father, that you're not done. You're not done. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach, in Jesus' name, you're not done, Father. Encourage your people. Encourage your people, in Jesus' name. I'm hearing somebody, too, in my spirit, I'm hearing somebody say, well, is that, you feel like your life, you're saying, well, is this it? Is this it? Is that all for me? But he's saying there's so much more. There's so much more. If you'll ju- he's saying this to you. If you'll let me do it through you, there's so much more. There's so much more. Hallelujah. Um, those of you that you said that spoke to you today, I'm going to ask you to come forward. One, one of two things. Either maybe you're fighting offenses or you say, I'm, I'm just going to bring it all to Him today again. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to come forward. The rest of you, Father, bless them and keep them. Cause your face to shine on them. Be gracious to them and give them much shalom, Father, much peace and wholeness. In the mighty name of Jesus, Yeshua, our Messiah. We bless you today, Father, in Jesus' name. And all His people said, Amen. Amen. So before you leave today, we're going to ask you, if you come up, if if you need prayer, please come up. If you want to recommit. But before you leave, find somebody and tell them, all for His glory. Would you do that? God bless you. Thank you for coming today.